I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get ready for a special bonus episode of the podcast for all my 20-something listeners. This is for you. If you're looking for some happiness and clarity and love and work, today I am speaking to the amazing, amazing, incredible Tess Brigham. She's been dubbed the millennial therapist by CNBC and specializes in helping young adults discover their unique life path in order to go out in the world and make an impact. She's a licensed therapist and certified coach with over 15 years of experience helping literally thousands of people find their purpose, develop their confidence, and create a life they're really excited about living. Get this. She's a regular contributor at both CNBC and Forbes. She was featured on the TV show, The Doctors, uh, to discuss the millennial mental health crisis. She's also been featured in, I mean, everything, Oprah Magazine, New York Times, SF Chronicle, NBC News, HuffPost, Insider, Yahoo!, uh, Marie Claire, BuzzFeed, Newsweek, I could go on. So if you're looking to like your now, like now, stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools You can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. We're here and I'm so excited 
I know I say that all the time that I'm so excited, but you know I'm so excited. Uh, so I have been working, as I mentioned a little bit in the intro, with uh, Tess, who you're about to talk to, who's brilliant and amazing. And she's a friend, a colleague, all the things. And as you know, I don't just like have friends on the show. That's not something I do. So when I have people on, it's because they're really special. They really know their stuff. And that's why I'm having Tess here because we really have a lot of listeners who are in their 20s and trying to navigate that. And this, she's the one. She's who I send all my people to. She's who I talk to. This is the one. So that's why I'm having her on today. So welcome, Tess. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I could just have you follow me around and just introduce me. <laughs> Random party. I'm doing the then, Jewish mother thing. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, she's so great. great. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so first, before we get too far, let's talk about how you how you came to be who you are, you know, doing yeah. the work you're doing. Okay. Well, so I am, I am like yourself, I am a licensed psychotherapist and I'm also a board certified coach. So my path to getting here was a little wonky, but um, I uh, I always say that young adults found me. I you know they <laughs> they sought me out. I didn't I didn't go out there to search for them. I've been working with people um, for over fifteen years, and about ten years ago, I opened up uh, a therapy practice in downtown San Francisco. And um, all of a sudden, young adults started showing up 25, 26, 27. And this was, you know, 10 years ago. So I was like, oh, wait a second. You are these millennials I've heard so much about. <laughs> They've been in the news. No one can stand them. Like, what's going on? And more and more, I was like, wait a second. You know, they're not entitled. They're not self-involved. They're not anything. They're actually far more caring and thoughtful than I think I was in my 20s. And that's when I got very interested in what is these these 20 years, you know, these 20 something years about, because I, too, had gone through my own quarter life crisis when I was 27. And I, too, struggled through a big chunk of my 20s trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted. And the more I would talk to these young adults, the more I realized, like, wow, you know, the world that we live in today and even more. I mean, this was 10 years ago. This is pre pandemic. This is pre everything. But even then, the world that we were living in was so radically different than the world that I remember being in. So I kept thinking, mm-hmm. I was like, gosh, you know, it is so, I remember 20 some odd years ago how hard it was to be in my 20s. And now I've got all these young people in front of me and they're going through it in a world that does not look at all like what it once did. And there's no blueprint for it. There's no sense of what to do, anything. We're, we're all just sort of making this stuff up with mm-hmm. technology as we're going along. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started getting very interested in this generation and, of course, Gen Zers who are right behind and, you know, what these challenges are, because there's unique life challenges in your 20s into your 30s. And I know I say 20s a lot. People, I can't tell you how many people reached out to me and said, you know, I'm 32. Can I talk to you? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> and so when I talk about this, I talk about being a young person, yeah. you know, being young, developing, you know, who you are as a person. because what the challenges that you have in your young youth is you have to first figure out who you are what you want what life's all about what do you value what's meaningful to you and at the same time you have to make some life decisions around where am i going to work what does that look like what's the what's work going to mean to me what about love who am i gonna you know do i want relationships do i not do i you know what does that look like as well as where am i going to live how am i going to navigate my daily life 
And the thing that's so challenging about this is these two things interconnect. So mm -hmm. you have to be able to, the more you understand about yourself and your values, the better choices and decisions you can make for your work. Mm, that's really good. Wait, say that again, because that's really good. <laughs> so the more you understand about yourself, your values, what you want, yep. this, these, these ideas influence right. the kind of work that you choose. Yep. And it's also through your experiences at work and private life that inform your values and mm -hmm. what you believe in and what's important to you. Yeah. And so if you can understand that you're trying to do these two big things at the same time and they're constantly influencing each other, it's really important that young people know you're not alone. You know, it may seem like on social media, everybody knows what they're doing, but I'm telling you, I've spent the last umpteen years spending thousands of hours, thousands upon thousands of hours listening to, to <laughs> not just in the Bay Area, but across the country right. and in other parts of the world. And I can tell you that these feelings, whatever the feelings you have about what am I doing, I'm failing, I, I, everyone else has it together, you are fine. Wherever you are right now, you are great. You are doing it. And, and that, is that, that the, the big difference though? Let me ask, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting uh -huh. now. It's okay. Is that the big difference? Because of course, every generation says, oh, you know, it's, it was hard, hardest for us, you know, in my twenties mm -hmm. or whatever. And is that the, like, I'm, I'm a lot older than you and there was no social media. Thank God. Yeah. When I was coming up, I, I can't imagine the pictures that would be around of me in the world. Uh, there was none of that. So if I broke up with someone, I never had to see them again, ever, yeah. ever. Like maybe if they lived on my block or something, but you know, it wasn't, I, I didn't have to, it, there wasn't a temptation, you know, maybe to drive by where they lived or something, but yeah. there wasn't really that temptation. Is that the big, like, what's the, why is it so different now? I think it is, it's that, it's the availability of information. It's, you, you know, I remember when I was in my twenties looking around, right, there was like, there were magazines. And there were TV shows and there was the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Oh, yeah. Those were these, you know, half hour, once a week TV shows where maybe you can feel bad about how you don't have any money. But for the day, to, my day to day life, right? I was looking around everybody I was working with them in their 20s and we were all four. Yeah. You know, none of us were driving fancy cars. I look over here to my friends over here. They don't know what they're doing, right? Like my immediate circle mm. of the people that were in their 20s, they were just as confused as I was. So I wasn't going on social media looking at someone like Kendall Jenner, mm -hmm. you know, and saying, oh, my God, we're the same age. And she's got two kids and doing all this stuff and is a billionaire. Right. right? Like there wasn't that. And I think so. It's a combination of social media and the um, the influence it has over our just our brains in general, how it affects us. Okay. How it is a constant reminder that there is someone out there, you know, doing better, being better, all of that. And then the immediacy of it, right? Because mm. I could create a world for myself where I'm like, I throw out the magazines or I, you know, I don't watch that show. Social media is hard because with my clients, I'll talk to them all the time. There's this push pull. I want to be connected to my friends. I want to see mm. my friends. I want to feel good about them. But if I have to see one more friend get engaged, I'm going to, you know, yeah. and the thing was that, and I hear it's so funny because the thing is, is especially if, if, you know, uh, if you had Instagram when you're in college, right, everybody you meet, you connect with, yeah. you know, connect, 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 connect. 
So now you go off into your world and maybe, you know, you've connected with a ton of people from college and none of them are really your good friends, but they're, they're, you're in your age group. Yeah. But now, oh my God, that person's getting engaged, that person, that person, that person, mm -hmm. that person. And then it becomes this overwhelming. Everybody's getting engaged except for me. Yeah. Oh. I didn't even and think that, of that. That's so true. Because I think of all the people I met in college, there was so many, but yeah. I'm not connected to any of them anymore. Literally. I think one or two. Like, yeah. but if I had right, social media, I'd still be connected to all these people in some weird way. Yeah. Um, that's really an interesting thing I never thought of. Wow. <laughs> so it is really different. It is. <laughs> it is very different. And I think these are the things that young people are aware of. And it's part of their normal experience, right? Mm -hmm. So it feels very normal. But we, when when I hear these things, right, and when I tell other people these things, they're like, "Oh, whoa, yeah, <laughs> that would be tough, right?" Yeah. This is this disconnect between what people are talking about in terms of millennials and Gen Z yep. in the media and what is really real. Yeah. Like what is really happening to them? Mm -hmm. And you know, they've done studies on this, right? Where People know, people know that even if you're happy and secure in your own life, that even when you go on social media, like you go on there long enough that all of a sudden you start to feel bad about yourself. Yep. I know for myself, I'll go on and be like, oh my God, that Kim Kardashian, she's in a private jet. And where is she going now? And what is she doing? Like, I want my following her. Right, right. You know, it's almost <laughs> this weird, like, I should just stop following you. Like, why do I need to follow her? But that's, that's that feeling, mm -hmm. right? That even yep. though... Five minutes before I went on, I might feel great about who I am, my life, my body, my mind, right? And then you just get on there and you're like, oh man, like what have I done wrong? Yeah. So wow. That's that, that's that disconnect that's so hard mm -hmm. for young people. And you know, your brain doesn't fully form till you're 25. And so you, you've got to you know, they just don't have the wisdom and forethought that we do. Mm -hmm. So wow. you can imagine for them what happens when they go on social yeah. media. <laughs> I'm more clueless than I realized. So, <laughs> which is good. It's always good to get woken up. Yeah. So, and I love your, you have this whole thing about how to, how to like your now, like now, which I love. <laughs> and because that's really what I think you do so well. And this, the thing that I know we've talked about before is really being in your twenties and feel like not knowing when you're there. Am I happy here? Is this it? Am I, is this, am I there? Am I there? Am I on the right path? Am I with the right person? Am I, you know, getting the right job? There's something about that. And I think the comparisons and everything else, but you know more, uh, where you're just not, uh, happiness is so relative. Yeah. You know, it's relative to what? So, so yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Like, how do you know, how did someone listening right now who's 32 or 21 or in that age, that battle of how to know if they're happy enough like are yeah. they there i think it, it is it's really really hard and you know when i look back on my 20s i spent the better part of them unfortunately saying to myself okay once i get this promotion i'll be happy once i make this amount of money i'll be happy once i you know once i uh find love of my life i'll be happy once i once i once i and and i do think that there are these key markers that usually happen for people, you know, 20s, 30s, like, you know, getting, finding the right career path for you, um, finding someone that you really love and care about, uh, building your family, like, right, there's these really important markers that happen in this age. And what happens is, is that 
the value that our society places is on these markers, getting the job, getting the promotion, um, you know, finding love, buying a house, you know, having children, right? Like, and so there is this internal battle for everybody all the time of, I can't be happy until I'm engaged. I can't mm -hmm. be happy until I get here. I can't, right? And so the challenge is to recognize first that happiness is just what you're saying, like happiness in comparison to who, yeah. right? You, you decide how happy you want to be. Mm. You choose for yourself whether or not you're going to feel good about who you are and satisfied with the amount of money that you have and be satisfied with the people that are in your life, whatever that is, and knowing that this isn't how the rest of your life is going to be, but that the control that you have right now is your present day. Mm -hmm. and, and I know it's hard mm -hmm. because it really does. I mean, it really does push you to have to say, okay, even though I may be, um, this is a big pandemic one, right? Like, even though I may be 10 pounds overweight, like more than what right. I like to weigh, I need to love my body and what it can do for me and how strong I am right now. And yeah. what unfortunately happens is what it really takes for people to see that most of the time is an accident or a death or something like that. Right. And so yep. I want my clients, I want my clients to understand that don't wait until something tragic happens. That's yeah. what happened to me. Like something tragic happened to me. So that's what forced me to rethink my whole life. Mm -hmm. But don't wait till that happens. Please don't. Right. If you can make it happen for you today. And I think the other part of this too is that, and I know you talk a lot about this, which is this idea of positive psychology, because there's been this idea of pop psychology. Like if you think happy thoughts, if you think about yep. uh, ice cream and rainbows and this, you'll be happy. It's not about that. No, it really isn't. It's really about making the conscious decision to recognize today, this point in time is all I got. Yep. This is what I know for sure, as Oprah says, <laughs> I got this time and I can choose to be miserable in this, or I can choose to be happy in this. Which one am I going to choose? Mm. And that is something that's completely within your control. It doesn't feel like it is, but it is. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also, you know, I can be, I can choose to find and, and happy is such a hard word, but yeah. you know, some happiness or joy or contentment or whatever mm -hmm. in what I'm doing and still want to get a different job and still want to, you know, d be married one day or whatever, or have a kid or whatever it is. I, I think that's where people get sort of held up where they're thinking, yeah, but I'm not there yet or not where I want to mm -hmm. be yet. And so how, you know, how can I be happy here? Like the whole reason I want to do this, I do want another job is because I'm not happy in this one. Yeah. So I'm supposed to be happy in this one now. I, I think that's where <laughs> I, I know that's some of the feedback I get. So what do you what do you kind of say to that? Yeah. And that that part is really hard. And I know happy is a hard word. Yeah. Use. Like you're you're right. I always urge people don't focus so much on happiness. Focus on meaning. Yeah. Focus on en engagement. Focus on, you know, content can fo focus on, and you talk mm -hmm. about this being neutral, right? Yeah. You don't have to be happy, you don't have to be sad, but you can be neutral, Yeah, you know, and being neutral. So focusing on those pieces of it. So 
what it requires you to do is it really requires you to become more aware of your thoughts and feelings in real time. This is one of the big things I talk about all the time is learning how to become aware of your thoughts and feelings in real time so that you know how to respond and react to the things that happen to you along the way. Mm -hmm. So if you, let's say you're not happy at your job and let's say right now, job, your job is really, really hard. Your boss keeps screaming, your coworkers keep stealing your ideas. <laughs> you know, you are feeling just so burnt out, so tired and, yeah. and you really, really want to get another job. Yes, I, I'm with you that trying to find the silver lining may feel really hard, but the choice that you have in that moment is to decide how am I going to see all of this? How am I going to see this particular situation? And so part of it is learning how to, because this is the other thing about thoughts and emotions and, you know, that we get bogged down with, which is we feel like we need to react to everything. Mm -hmm. I feel sad. I need to do something about it. Right. I feel angry. I need to do something about it. It's like, no, you don't. Yep. So you can acknowledge and accept, I feel, you know, work is, I acknowledge that work is really, really tough for me right now. My boss is making me crazy. My coworkers drive me crazy. And I, all I can do every day is think about quitting. This is how I feel. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've, you know, I accept these feelings. And at the same time, you know, I have to pay my bills. It is not feasible for me to quit. Yep. So I've got to figure out how to make this day a little bit more bearable. Yeah. And that might mean if I hate, you know, I just need to get to five o'clock or I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to take a long walk at lunch or I'm going to, um, uh, I am going to have that difficult conversation with my boss. You know, even though it feels tough, I'm going to do that. Like, that's the control I'm talking about. So yeah. while maybe the walk at lunch isn't like, you know, does the most amazing things in the world for you, what you're doing in that moment is you are choosing your level of contentment, your mental health, your sanity for that period of time so that you can get through the rest of the day so yeah. that you can do that. So while you may not be jumping for joy and you're not happy, think about Think about what we tend to do, which is, oh, this is terrible. I'm going to eat a bunch of crap at lunch. I'm going to yell <laughs> at my spouse. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to stomp around. And then work is still crappy at the end of the yep. day. Right? Yep. So it, it's when I talk about choosing happiness and making those choices, it's really about how do I, what lens do I look at this? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a better way of describing yep. it, like through a half, like a, uh, I have control lens. And through my, I mm -hmm. have control lens, what do you do? Right. Versus what we think is that our thoughts and feelings, we have no control over them. They just happen. Yeah. We're totally. Right. We're victims totally, to it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, and this is, you know, I've done uh, episodes, of course, on cognitive reframing, which we talk about a lot, which is basically when we're trying to see something from a different perspective, you know, whatever the situation is. And what I always remind people, you know, it's, it's it, looking at problems at work, you know, something's happening at work, it's really horrible. You can say, well, this is a, this is a juicy, uh, interesting thing I'm going to learn a lot from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or it's, it's a, it's a reframe. It's a, it's another way to look at the situation and to look at what's happening. And what I say a lot is if you think that life is happening for you, not to you, if you just have that as your mantra, like this is happening for me right now, this is helping to motivate me 
to draw boundaries, to really get good at my boundaries, to because even the when we talk about how so-and-so drives me crazy at work, you know, they don't have to. It, it's, you don't have to be driven crazy by these people that mm-hmm. I hate and I love you and I'm saying it anyway, it's a choice mm-hmm. to be driven crazy. And the example I always give is if, you know, like some stranger walked up to me on the street and said, you know, I hate your hair. <laughs> I feel like, oh, okay. And it would seem odd and weird. And I really don't think I would give it much thought. Right. But if mm-hmm. I was standing with uh, Anna Winter, you know, the the publisher, you know, the editor of Vogue magazine, and she said, I hate your hair, I would be like, you know, it was like, oh, my God, my hair, I, I have to go hide. Or if my if my mother had said, you know, uh, oh, is I like, you know, is that how you're wearing your hair now? You know, or something. <laughs> right. We it depends on. It's uh, it's still someone just commenting on hair. What does it matter if it's a stranger? What if does it matter if it's Anna Winter or my mother? What matters is what I think about that. What I then assign meaning to in all those situations. So it always comes down to my choice. I don't have to assign meaning to any of them, but I do. You know, depending on what's going on. And that's really when I talk to people about being happy, regardless of the circumstances, because mm-hmm. people are. There's, there, I work with lots of people who have no money and they're very happy. And I've worked with people who have tons of money and they're very unhappy. You know, it's not money. It's not whatever. It's really about how we are viewing our lives and what we're mm-hmm. saying to ourselves all day about what's happening. So there is a space to think, you know, as you go into work, maybe like, you know, maybe, maybe this is an opportunity to practice my, you know, I get a little conflict avoidant with my boss. Maybe this is an opportunity to practice, you know, uh, really talking about things that bother me. And then maybe I could even try that at home with my partner or with my mom or whoever. I I just, you know, there's all these spaces to grow. And again, if you kind of, you know, shift that around to not being Mm -hmm. a victim, Mm -hmm. um, none of us are victims. I mean, we're just not, you know, there's people who are victimized in the world and it's not you at Google, you know, I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) I I don't know what to say, you know, like, let's, let's get some relativity here. You know, I'm not saying you're getting treated well and that you like it. I'm saying you you really have to step back from the very strong language and really think about your choices Mm -hmm. and what you're choosing to think about what's happening. Yeah. And, and again, it doesn't mean that you can't have your feelings, right? It doesn't mean that you can't feel sad or can't feel stressed or can't feel disappointed. Your feelings yep. are your feelings. They're real. Yeah. And and so absolutely you need to acknowledge them, notice them, don't deny them and 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 allow yourself that time to feel them and at the same time, right? Like you then have to make a choice. Yep. That's what comes next, which mm-hmm. is what do I do with this? Yeah. You know, all of this is happening. So what do I do? What do I do next? And how do I put myself in front of it a bit, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's the other part, which is a lot of times the solution really is about you saying, I need to set boundaries. I need to carve out more time for myself. I mm-hmm. need to talk about my feelings. Like usually that's where it comes down because when you're in these uh, places where you feel stuck, there's something you're not getting, right? There's something that's not clicking. And that's the piece. And again, you're the only one you have control over. So you're the <laughs> one to focus on it, right? That's, that's it. Uh-huh. Yep. You can, you can think for a million, uh, you can think of a million different ways your boss can do it differently. 
which is one thing I yep. see a lot of people getting bogged down with at work. Yeah. My boss did this. My boss, like, they're not gonna. And they're just not. Control them. Yep. <laughs> so what are you going to do? <laughs> well, and I always say whoever's in the most pain needs to change first. And, mm-hmm. you know, your boss is not in pain. They're ordering you around. They're doing their thing or they're in their own pain with somebody else that has nothing to do yeah. with you. So, yeah, if you're in pain in a relationship with your coworker or your boss or whoever, and you're the one who's struggling, you know, yeah, you, you, you're going to be the one who needs to change first, who needs to look at themselves and do that next thing. So, so how, how, what are some tips for how to do that? In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, well, I mentioned one of them, which is one of my favorite exercises, which is acknowledging and accepting, right? Acknowledge, like stop, acknowledge and accept. Like I acknowledge this is how I feel and I accept it. And what's really important is to do it in a non, you, you really want to be very aware of the thoughts that are coming in that are judgment, right? Mm -hmm. So we have our thoughts and then we have the judgment of our thoughts. Mm. So there's nothing, our thoughts are I feel sad. I feel right. And then the judgment of the thought is I shouldn't feel sad mm. or feeling sad is a weakness or, right. you know, no one ever wants me to be happy. Those mm-hmm. are judgments yeah, of, yeah. of what you're putting on it. And so by acknowledging and accepting, I just want you to focus on this is what's really, these are the feet. This is the thoughts. This is how it's making you feel. That is it. And anything that's a judgment, just identify it and be like, no, I don't, that's not what's happening here. That's mm. my judgment. That's my that's judgment. Great. That's my judgment. That's my judgment. And then from there, sometimes that's all you can do. That's all you can do, which is, mm. I feel stressed right now. Yeah. And, and th- the more I feel stressed, the more overwhelmed I get and the more I want to cry, you know? I mean, yeah, because that's what's happening. And so just acknowledging that alone is huge. You don't have to fix it or solve it. And sometimes the solution isn't necessarily right away. Sometimes it's, Mm. this is how I'm feeling. I'm going to go take a walk or I'm going to go do something (laughs) else, or I'm going to take a step back and let me sit with it a while and then let me think about it. And then the next part of it is if I'm the one that has complete control over it, what is the, what's, what's something I can do? What can I Mm -hmm. do differently? Yeah. And just identifying. And sometimes I'll help people like write it all out and then pick one. Don't pick them Mm -hmm. all too much, but just pick one that you can do that you can do differently. And, and that's, that's a great way to just simply get started. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
setting boundaries is another one where like what what boundaries you know and if you're struggling with boundaries like there are so many great resources out there on boundaries and um but you know the thing about boundaries it's it's really a boundary is a way in which you are telling you set a boundary and it's your way of telling someone this is how you know this is how i want to be treated Mm -hmm. This is what I'm asking from you. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm needing. And sometimes we set boundaries. We don't even tell people. We just yeah. create the line ourselves. So sometimes it's a boundary we need to set. Sometimes, just mm -hmm. like what you were saying earlier. Sometimes it's an attitude. Like if our, our coworkers are driving us crazy, it's a little bit like, so what do I need to do to not make this person drive me crazy? Like, right. how do I think about them differently? Yeah. How do I limit my interaction with them? Mm -hmm. All of that. Yep. Yep. It really starts from there. But the most important piece of it is it's really this it's the belief that you can change this situation mm. that's the hope right yep. you have to have this belief because with the belief you feel the hope and you feel some control yep well you get out of that helpless because i think yeah. the helpless feeling is the worst right that's yeah. what paralyzes us that's what stops our problem solving that's what takes it all away and what you're reminding people of is that we always have always something we could own, some responsibility, some control, some something, something, no matter how small. And sometimes you just have to start really small with whatever that is. And and by the way, and I like a lot, which I always remind people to do, of even separate when you do the acknowledgement and you're feeling, you know, mm -hmm. is to really make sure you're not saying I'm stressed but saying I'm feeling stress mm -hmm. and distancing yourself. We know from the research that just that helps. Yeah. So just distancing yourself because yeah, you're not angry. You're not that thing. You were a lot of things, you know, but that's what you're feeling in the moment. And as mm -hmm. you start to separate that and realize it, it gets a little room and you realize you can change it. It's like, yeah. oh, I can do something with that. That's a little different, which I love. So great. So there, so here I am at work. <laughs> And I'm sort of, so I'm identifying this and I'm seeing, and do you suggest, I don't know, do people write it down or should they, or just think it in your head? What, how does that? I'm a big proponent in writing things down okay. and, you know, it's hard because the clients that I have, they don't really okay. like, to, yeah. not, you know, they're typing things in their phone yeah. and they're, they're writing things in a Google doc. And I really encourage you get an old fashioned piece of paper and a pen mm -hmm. and a pencil and write it down Yeah, because we know this is how it is when we feel overwhelmed right you have to get a bunch of stuff at the store and someone adds you go from three things to four and then all of a sudden you're like i can never remember right. all this right so that's what happens too is it feels so overwhelming because it's circling it's circling it isn't mm. it, it's not that you have so many problems it's right. like the one or two problems that you do you are struggling with our circle 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 like yep. going in this thing and it it feels like an endless loop yeah. So writing things down, just simply writing down how you're feeling is very, very powerful, right? Love Studies it. have shown that after three days of journaling, people mm -hmm. start to feel better. Just, just that alone. Yep. But writing it down, writing down a list of, okay, what are, what are the things that I need to do or what can I, what, you know, what are things that make me feel less stressed mm. or what are the things, right? Just yep. even simply any of these things, you want to get the internal external. Yeah, because once you get the internal external, you can see it on a piece of paper and it becomes less scary. Mm -hmm. It really does. Everything's I love super that. scary in our head. Yeah. <laughs> but when we put it down on paper, it's far less scary. It just that's just I love how it. it operates. 
we say in the room, you know, in the rooms, treat your mind like a dangerous neighborhood, never go in there alone, mm-hmm. you know, and it's that, it's that same thing. It is. It's scary in there. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I really like writing things down too, even like this idea of you, what can I do when I'm stressed? Because when we're stressed, that part of our brain shuts down. So if you had a list, because I know, I think we've all been there where I can't even think of what to do sometimes. You know, I'm just in that moment going, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do to feel better. But if I had a, like a list that I'd written when I was not crazy, it would be really helpful. Like, oh yeah, right. I like that book. Or, oh yeah, right. I could play this video game. Or, oh yeah, right. I could go for a walk. It's it's a really nice idea when we're not, you know, when our amygdala and that fear part of our brain isn't activated to try to, it's great to make a little list of here's some things and that you could keep on the notes in your phone or something, but you know, things to do when, you know, when I'm feeling, when my brain won't stop thinking or whatever, and just have it. Or even planning out what I'll suggest a lot of times is just planning out your week. So if you're in a situation where work is really, really stressful, you're looking for other jobs, you're trying to get this together, right? where you look at your on sunday you look at the week ahead and go okay i have a lot of meetings that day i have this this day okay i am going to take a 30 minute walk from this time to this time and schedule it in Mm. like that is your time to walk and honor the commitment to yourself yeah it is a doctor's appointment you have to show up for it you know you go and do this thing and really the other thing that happens and i hear it from clients too that will go on these walks or when I suggest that they're like, oh, the whole time I'm walking, I'm wondering why am I doing this? I need to get back to work, right? (laughs) But inevitably what happens is the more they do it, the more they fight that inclination to not want to do it because they're not getting those immediate results, the more it's helping them. So if you look at your week ahead and know, like this is going to be a really rough meeting with my boss, I'm going to schedule out 20 minutes afterwards to go on a walk or, um, or go exercise. Or go do something, right? You know, mm-hmm. everybody's different. I think I keep suggesting walks because in our pandemic world, it feels like the one thing that's safe to do. Uh-huh. But but the part that's hard is it's really about you figuring out for you, oh, if I have really stressful meetings with my boss, but I go and I get on my Peloton right after, I feel great. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, right. I get it all out and then I'm on to the next thing. Right. So you're responsible for scheduling those things for yourself. That's you know, great. That's that's what it means to be an adult. I mean, really, you know, is you, <laughs> yeah. t- you taking care of you. Oh, man. Well, and I will say for the, f- like, exercise we know is really because of all the things it does physiologically to help mm-hmm. shift that. Yeah. But I do know, like me, there's many who hate exercising. So <laughs> I do want to say there's a lot. We keep saying take a walk and other things, which is yeah. great. And that's certainly your first if you can. But there's lots of other things you could do. In that moment, sometimes, like if you're working from home, I would even just say, go go in the kitchen and make yourself a healthy lunch. Like, you know, schedule that in or uh, go and, I don't know, do you knit? You know, like you you could, I really like these mindless little video games on my phone and I will set a timer for 15 minutes on my phone and I will play, like I'll, I, before we spoke, I walked out, I have a little veranda at my office. I walked outside, I sat in the sun and I play video games on my phone for 15 minutes. That's what I do. And I just, woof, and it's so nice. And I did take a walk earlier. But, you know, I do, I because I, and I don't always have the wherewithal or the time or whatever in my head to like walk. And so I have these other kind of little things I do to just 
you know, and I took some water out there with me and a, a cheese stick, you know, <laughs> just like at a moment. And so there's a lot of ways, you know, you don't, uh, you, obviously meditation will be great. There's a lot of things that are great that we don't always want to do. And so if you're starting, it's great to start somewhere where you'll do it. Something yes. different, something that's not just sitting at your lunch, you know, at your desk, eating lunch while you're fuming at your boss, you know, like mm -hmm. something that shifts that or, you know, splashing cold water on your face, whatever will kind of help. And then if you can build up to maybe taking a walk or doing something else, that is amazing. You know, just yeah. give yourself some room to just shift a little, you know, so whatever that is to just make those small changes. I think, you know, a lot of times we're always thinking we need all this stuff to do and yeah. we don't. And I, and I agree <clears throat> once you start walking or even start meditating, you know, in the beginning you get all those urges like, Oh, I could be working. I should be doing this. Uh. And if you do it, I promise you, you can give me back every penny you paid for this podcast. <laughs> uh, I will tell you right now that you will absolutely, you will train your brain to get used to that. And it will start to even crave it. Mm -hmm. So I'm at the point now meditating that if I have, you know, if something happens, I, I want to, like, I'm looking forward to it. I find it joyful. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, I got to tell you, I, ne <laughs> I never would have put those words together, you know, 20 years ago at all. When I started, it was always painful. It was painful for a long time. And mm -hmm. then it wasn't. And, and, you know, and obviously things, you know, sometimes you do a workout and it sucks. And sometimes you do a workout and you feel great. I, it, obviously things take their own form, but I really want everyone listening to really think about, it's about doing something different. It's mm -hmm. about taking ownership. And I love the scheduling part because, you know, I say all the time, success is scheduled. And so if it's going to work, you've got to schedule it. You can't wait until you feel like it or wait until there's a moment or hope for the thing. There's no hope. <laughs> like as far as that goes, there's no hope here. You really want to put those things in. And like you said earlier, which is so smart, just like a doctor's appointment, you wouldn't not go or have it in your schedule and you wouldn't tell people, oh yeah, I have to stay even though I have this doctor's appointment, mm -hmm. you would go do it. And it's because you think of that as more important, but taking care of ourselves in these smaller ways should be as important, right? And just going to, just turning off your phone for a minute. And <laughs> I know people, you know, take their phones to the bathroom. It's like, go mm -hmm. pee on your own, my Lord, <laughs> leave the phone. Uh, you know, yeah. try something else. Just really be thoughtful. So I like that a lot. I think it's super helpful. Anything you want to add to that for we? No, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. If I heard me saying take a walk every five minutes, I would, I would, I, I do understand that one, right? Where it's sort of like, if that's not what your thing is. And, and this is the, what I really emphasize with my clients is all of this is about you figuring out what's right for you. Yeah, and I love that, that is why the 20 something years are so difficult is is that you just don't quite know what's right for you. And every job triggers new things and relationships new, trigger new things. And it's really important for you to, you know, part of it is remembering what's worked for me in the past and will that work for me today? And if it's not, then what else can work for me? Mm -hmm. Because if maybe exercise always worked for you in the past and now it doesn't, then yeah, I mean, maybe it is just sitting quietly. Maybe it is meditating. Maybe it's, I love to get on Netflix and like watch. Chris Rock or oh, yeah. someone else, you know, some show for like, or on YouTube or whatever, 15 minutes. Yeah. Right. Of like, the love Chris it. Rock you cannot walk away from that. Not just being That's true. Good. <laughs> and having a better perspective about your life and what it all means. <laughs> so that's the part that's really important is, is that it's because the world that we live in today is just, 
this is a big issue that I deal with my clients. There's too much information, too much information. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a blog. Everyone's got a podcast. Everyone's got everything. Yep. And I think all of this information out there is incredibly helpful because think about how much through YouTube and podcasts and blogs that we're able to do that we weren't able to do on our own before. Yeah. But the flip side of it is, is that you've got to find a relationship with it and like, soak in what you can, you know, soak in what it is. And then you have to step back and by yourself, figure out all this information I took in from people, what, what's going to work for me, what resonates, yeah. what feels right. And then you trusting that, mm. trusting, trusting yourself enough to know, okay, I'll try this a little bit. And if it doesn't, I'll change it. Yep. Or oh, it's so good. I'll figure something else, but it is. And, and that's why I keep coming back to this idea of what's in your control and what's out of your control because mm -hmm. it, the one thing that you have complete control over is how you choose to think about things oh yeah you have complete control over That's yep it. yep so what are you so if you know that what are you going to do like mm -hmm. how are you going to respond how are you going to do it and right. that needs to be very internal it needs yep. to be very much about what's something that connects to you i love that and I think that's why, you know, whenever I've sent people to you and they've done so well, I, I think you really help them. And I do it too, you know, not just like, yes, you come to see us maybe, or you go to see your therapist. That's great. But if you're not doing the work on your own mm -hmm. and really a lot of this, a lot of people, a lot of you have written into me that you just do the podcast for therapy. Like it feels like therapy. That's, that's my intention. That's accessible to everyone that you don't have to pay, you know, necessarily for somebody and to go mm -hmm. see them that you can do that if you need to, but you can, if you don't want to, or don't have access or whatever that is, you can find help the other ways. And I love that you have that kind of DIY thing also of really putting the tools in people's hands so that they can do it themselves. Do you know what I mean? So they, because yeah. you really, with the right tools and the right people who understand you, um, you really can. I mean, it's mm -hmm. the, because that, what you're saying is so true. If you go to somebody and they tell you, well, here's what you're supposed to do, but it doesn't resonate and it just feels like, I, I am not going to be able to do that. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then you just feel bad and wrong and like, yeah. you'll never get well. I can never seem to do it. And I like what you're saying. I think it's so true. We really have to learn to trust ourselves. And the only way to start doing that is to start building that as a skill. It's a skill to trust ourselves and just build that over time as a skill. And yeah, have some help, <laughs> some, yeah. you know, listen to the, whatever works for you, but to really understand that you you really can do this. You really can do this on your own with the, you know, like research-based, you know, things that really work for people, um, like the stuff you offer. And it's, yeah. that's really what it's about. And I think that sense of self-efficacy and I can do this and I can take five minutes in the morning and listen to something or whatever, you know, and really, or five minutes, three times a day and listen to something and I can really change my life. It's really true. You've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's really the, the key. Um, and so, and actually, and I do want you to talk about, cause I know I've sent people to you for different or, or programs and things that you have. So I want to, I do want to spend a minute on that. Cause, mm -hmm. cause actually I just segued there and I didn't even mean to, <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, because I always want people, not everybody can afford to see you or yeah. can see you or whatever. And there's other things that I've sent clients to that's really helped them. And mm -hmm. so I, I wanted you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you and I have very similar missions, right? We wanted to be doing this and putting it on this more public plat, you know, platform mm -hmm. so that people can, because 
one of my issues that I always had when I started building a private practice and start coaching people was, yeah, there really is this price difference of people that can afford it and people can't afford it, people that have the, have the benefit through work mm-hmm. and people who don't. And so that's why I've spent um, last several years like putting together these programs. So I really, in the, in the decade plus that I've worked just with um, young adults, I've identified six of these major issues that all young people struggle with. And what I found was like, well, I'm sort of repeating the same things to clients constantly, <laughs> right? Why is it only these people get this? So um, I have a program, it's called True You, Finding Your Path. And it really, we go through each of these six areas of your life of what young people struggle with. And I am giving you, um, and I'm giving you really tangible things that you can do, like mm-hmm. workbooks. And, you know, it's not just me lecturing <laughs> to you about how you should be doing this differently. So I'm teaching a lot of each section, I'm teaching a lot of different concepts. And at the end of each one, um, you get a workbook and, um, you know, exercises that you can start to do on a daily basis to sort of hone these skills, whether if it's becoming more, you know, understanding your emotions, whether it's tackling your fears, letting go of the fear of failure, making decisions. That's another big one that clients come to me all the time. Like, how do I make decisions for myself? And how do I know if this is a right decision or wrong decision? Mm -hmm. I'm teaching you a lot about, you know, each of these concepts. So, um, and I have that program and then I have many programs that are um, also available that talk about, I break down into one is called goal getter, decision designer, and radically real. And they sort of tackle these various of the six, these Mm -hmm. six things. But, you know, I also have a book that an ebook called Like Now (laughs) that is talks about, you know, things that you can do for your mental health, things you can do for your career, things that you can do for love. Mm. And again, everything that I give people, you know, I have this thing called radical practicality, which is this idea of, you know, giving you some the help and guidance that you need, but the practical pieces of it. Yeah. Like this is how you start to implement this into your daily. Yeah. So all of this is on my website, tessbrigham.com. You click on courses. Um, it's all right there. I have a, if you're not ready for that, you want to learn more about me. I have a newsletter that goes out every week called Sundays with Tess and where I give you a teach each week and some things that you can do for the rest of the week to implement it into your life. And you'll get all the notices of everything that I'm working on. So I love it to see everybody there. Oh, it's such a good place to go. Yeah. I, you know, again, whenever I've sent anyone, they just always come away like, Oh, I got, you know, I got it. (laughs) They're, they're in better shape. They, they, and I think the biggie is that people just feel calmer. They feel more uh, confident about the decisions they're making and what they're doing. And that's really, that's really the thing at the end of the day, right? That we're happy, whatever that word is, and feeling calm and clear about what we're doing. So um, I love it. And I, of course, will link to everything in the show notes on my page um, so that people can find Fabulous You. And uh, yeah, and you can, you'll see all the things to follow Tess on Instagram and all, and all, all the things um, <laughs> if you're in that group. So that's great. Well, thank you for coming. I'm so excited you were here. Oh, this is so thank great. Thank you so much for having me. All right. It. all right, everybody. I love you. I'm so glad you were here with us. This is, I just, 
I hopefully I'll do maybe some more of these where you just get this value for your particular group, you know, for who you are and what you're looking at. So if you have suggestions for what that could be, uh, email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com and I will include it. Otherwise, this is a little bonus episode. How fun is that? And have an amazing week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.